Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I am here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. Pastor Todd. Good morning. And Tara Matthews. Woo, I'm back. Hey, yeah, glad that you're back, Tara. Yeah. So I know everybody loves hearing your voice. We need sometimes just a little mixture in here. So And Pastor Bonnie's not with us this week again. So Yeah. Yeah. So representing, bringing it up front uh, for this week. So uh, glad you guys are all here. We actually, last night with Young Adults, we did um, a spray paint night like with some spray paint art. So that was pretty fun. It was supposed to be Saturday night, but we moved it to, well, obviously the weather. So we moved it to last night and it was cool. It, it, it was I, I saw some of the pictures yeah. you posted. Yeah. And I was looking to see, I'm like, did they get spray paint on the grass? Because that's the... I <laughs> thought of that as well. I want to say I did clear it with Pastor Jeff. <laughs> and he, he was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, it shouldn't get anywhere. But if it does, it'll be on the grass and we'll cut it. He's like, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, okay. No, and but then I, I was really checking the tables. And they're all like, Matt, calm down. It's fine. I'm like, no, no, no. No, I need to. <laughs> I need to make sure the tables are okay. It definitely like, gave the vibes of New York. Um, you know the people that sell all of the art in New yeah, York. Yeah, yeah, that's what like, they wow, did. Some of that stuff is up to that level. I was impressed. I and and I'll say I I watch sometimes like because I don't know I just watch random YouTube stuff, but I've seen some of the spray paint stuff that they do, mm-hmm. and the ones that the that they the young adults made like looked really good from what I saw in the pictures. Like it wasn't like. Like if I did it, it would look like no. So well, you know, that's like the whole a thing. Kid, did, you know what I'm it, saying? It's just a couple of basic techniques. Like so, I just started. I'm like, hey, here's how you make a planet, and everyone's like, oh. And then so it just comes to being able to control the paint a little better with like more experience. But like it's a few simple techniques. Oh, here's how you scrape the buildings away. Just do this, and they're like, oh, okay. So I showed everybody the techniques, and then for everybody who wanted to, I walked them through like a step by step of painting. But like it. It's it's not hard. It's not hard. It's just I guess if you want to do it, it's gotta get the hang of it. Yeah, yeah. Just getting the hang of like, oh, this is all you do, and I mean, it's a little messy, obviously. But. Now here's a question: When I watch the YouTube videos, I see them also getting out the the, the lighters and stuff and burning yeah, that's stuff just fancy. off. That's just it doesn't really do anything. I mean, it probably helps it dry a little bit faster, but sometimes, like when the weather's nice, it's already drying. So like, well, like I, we had clear. So if it starts to dry. You can spray some clear to like moisten it back up, I guess. Like, okay. so yeah, the the lighter's just to be like super fancy. Like, I mean, I'm artist. into playing with the fire. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> wow, man. We need someone else to do fire if we're gonna do. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> so all right, hey, let's uh let's talk about the message for a little bit. Um, really loved the message last night. I'm sorry, uh, yesterday morning with Pastor Jeff talking about God's anointing. And he was talking a little bit about it the week leading up, but the recipe for the anointing and stuff. He's mm-hmm. like, you ever heard this? I'm like, no. And so it was, it was a pretty neat message. And um, I think I was just telling this to Tara. I think it was kind of in the vein of like what Pastor Jamal spoke on and a little bit myself as well. So I think, um, you know, but it, it was it was a great message. So. I wanted to start with this and we'll take it wherever you guys want to go or if you have further thoughts or questions, but I, I wanted to start with this. You know, Pastor Jeff said, hey, as Pentecostals, we desire the anointing. And again, the message, he talks about the recipe for the anointing and he did define it, what the anointing is. But I wanted to ask, kind of, what do we mean by that when we say the anointing? And I'm saying this because I think there's a number of, there's a lot of terms in church Christians use that we all know what they mean, but when you so if I, that's what so that's why I'm asking. So explain the anointing. Oh, oh well, we want the anointing. Well, what do you mean by that? Use different words to describe it, and then sometimes like there's a lack of well, well you know like we just want we want like God's anointing. So what what would you be your thoughts like weigh in on what I'm saying a little bit if that's making sense? I've always understood the anointing to be. Um, the idea of being marked for a purpose um, like you're marked for something specific and it's I've always understood the anointing to run alongside the idea of something specific and not something so general so you know David was anointed king you know that he was marked to be the king of Israel for a purpose for God's specific purpose and I've always understood it within the Christian circles that I've run in, run in that the anointing is something that God gives to a person for a specific reason, for a specific purpose. So, you know, Tara would be marked 
an anointed um, for evangelism in regards to um, her calling to be a missionary. It is the thing that it's almost, and I really hate using this term, the secret sauce behind whatever it is God has put in front of you. Um, and, And everyone is, for everyone it's different, you know, because everyone is uniquely called, uniquely gifted, uniquely knit together for something specific that God wants to use them for. And so, you know, um, I've always understood it to be that type of thing, um, at at least in my mind. Yeah, and to be fair to Pastor Jeff, he totally did define it in the sermon, and he said the anointing is a setting apart. Mm -hmm. So going off of what you're saying, absolutely. And I again, my my angle is just, again, sometimes in church we say things, and that was more my angle with it, but totally. So you're, yeah, Pastor Jeff said similar. Yeah, and even when you look in the Old Testament too, like when they were building the tabernacle, there were people who were anointed to even do the weaving. Mm. And there was people who were anointed to do the metalwork. So <clears throat> like it was like a an extra, here's the thing that, you're called to do that you're good at and I'm going to add my power to that thing that you do. Yeah. So that it's done with excellence and it's done in a way that affects people. I think sometimes that's anointing too. Uh um like when I when I, when we preach like I can put together words but I feel like those words can fall flat even if they're really put together well without God's power adding something to the words. Mm-hmm. And I would call that God's anointing on that. Um, I think we know when somebody is not functioning in anointing. Yeah. <laughs> Usually that's easier. Than, like when someone's really doing it in their own strength, I think sometimes it's harder to see um, when someone has done something really, really well. Was it just they're good at it? Was that God's anointing? I think sometimes that gets a little fuzzier because we can be like, oh, they're they're anointed to do this. And it's like, well, no, they're just really good they, at it. They have a charismatic <laughs> you know personality. I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I, I think it is like a fuzzy word that um, sometimes holds a, a lot of meaning for different people. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's so ironic that we talked about anointing this week that Pastor Jeff talked about it because that's been something that's been on my heart for a long time. And, and this last week, just like thinking about it, listening to podcasts without knowing that we were going to be talking about anointing. Um, and something kind of what Pastor Todd was just saying, I was listening to um, Christine Kane's podcast. If you guys know who that is, she's a beast. She's literally <laughs> amazing. Um, and she said that sometimes that we confuse our anointing with our passions and like things that we enjoy doing when really like God could have given those us those gifts as um, to go towards our future and to go towards his purpose. But just because we like doing something doesn't mean that we're anointed to do that. And so better uh, i just personally want to understand with my with my calling and and god's anointing on my life what that looks like and if it's something that i like to do or if it's what what god is calling me to do like i really love teaching and i do think that that is part of god's calling on my life but i think better understanding like how does is god's anointing on me teaching or other areas for example so okay then actually i have a question off that because on wednesday night we were reading psalm 45 i believe it was and i asked the question like i was like you know what's something that gives you joy because what Mm -hmm. i said what i feel like i guess i'm talking more from my own experience when you're operating in god's purpose when you're operating in the gifts that god has given you i feel like there's something um, you feel unlocked. Like yeah. the psalmist said that like writing the psalm is like, uh, oh gosh, what was the analogy he used? It was like um, a poet. It's like effortless. The point was that it's effortless. It's so easy for him. And I was just saying, oh, like, hey, what's something that, man, it comes naturally or it feels so mm-hmm. good when you do. Because I, I feel like when you're functioning in God's will, that happens. I feel like Pastor Jeff had like a little bit of like a, well, Sometimes God's will, like, like he didn't say anything, but mm-hmm. like he, he had a little like, well, I don't know about that. Like, but I was like, oh, I don't, that's how I felt. I guess sometimes. So I don't know what, from what you were saying, you were like the anointing. Sometimes, sometimes there are gifts or something we have that may not be 
an anointing or a purpose that God has given us. Y- you worded it well. I'm yeah, like even though it's it. our passion doesn't yes. mean that that's what God's calling us to do. Okay, I mean, sure. Or that yeah. we really like doing that doesn't mean that that's what God's calling us to do. So I guess my question is, us to do. if I were talking to somebody about how do I discover what God wants, I would say, what are your passions? That'd be like my question, but I agree with what you're saying. Uh-huh. So I'm now trying to wrestle through that idea as sometimes I may have a passion yeah. of, about something, but well, that may not necessarily be what God wants me to be doing or that's you know going that way with these gifts or something i don't know if that makes sense what i'm asking yeah you're asking if your passions can go along with an anointing is that what you're asking yeah i guess they always go along with your anointing. like i'm saying i would tell somebody that hey i want to know god's will more for my life i'd say okay well what are you passionate about that i feel like i would start there but i agree i hear what tara's saying and i agree like sometimes because i'm passionate or good at something doesn't necessarily mean that's what god if using this terminology uh-huh. has quote anointed me for in that way so maybe or maybe we can just unpack that more if that makes sense how can you be passionate about something but that not be what god ha- has for you maybe that's a different way to unpack it well, yeah i don't think that your passions are always synonymous with what god has for you yeah. I, I, yeah. I i don't know if i've would would say that because i think that there is this aspect uh, throughout scripture where we see god very much as our father and there are things that are in us <clears throat> that you know we we take like that that we take joy in and as a father he he delights in the fact that we you know take joy in those things and maybe that's just his kind of um uh you know his his outlook on it not necessarily like oh i gave you this joy so that you can now you know, use it in this regards, you know, I think, mm-hmm. it, I guess what I'm, I'm, the thought that comes to my mind is the passage of scripture that says, you know, um, you know, a good father knows how to give good gifts to his children. How much more though than does our father in heaven know how to give good gifts to us? And so sometimes I believe that God has given us, you know, those things in our life as enjoyments or delights, because that's, that's who he is like as a good father. And we get to delight in those things. And, and that's part of life. excuse me sorry um but i also believe that in those gifts we're never supposed to take them and use them as you know um platforms to we're not supposed to take the gifts and elevate the gifts above the gift gift giver right and so i think they should point us back to the father but i don't know if they're always synonymous with this has to be used within the kingdom for this purpose or this distinction or in this moment. Uh, is is yeah. that answer your question? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I had someone I was going to say, but we're no, going to say No, go ahead, because I have a different, it's not, go ahead. Okay, just here, here's my example from what you're saying, and it's always easier to point it out than someone else. So I have a couple friends that are into competitive gaming. Uh, they go to like tournaments and stuff. So this may be a good example. You could even say they're gifted or talented that way, because I've gone with them a few times and I'm just not, it's not my thing like to the level that they are at so it may be a passion or definitely is a passion of theirs um but to now take that and say well you know god's gifted me this way maybe this is my purpose or i need to use it for the kingdom totally you can maybe make some connections you can witness i hope that you're thinking that way but to now say well i guess this is the purpose god designed me for is like well i think there's more probably right there's more to your life and and this is no disrespect to whatever they're doing there's more to your life than playing video games. And yeah. there's more to my sure. life than being... And I, uh, there's aspects and avenues of my life that's, that go beyond some of the things that I enjoy. Do I enjoy... Look, for example, I enjoy empanadas, right? Like, <laughs> love it. Is it. You know, I, I love empanadas. Shout out that, to Fuse. Uh, best empanadas. Shout out to Fuse empanadas, time. for real. Not even a game. Oh, it's, yeah. No, oh, they, never been. I, yeah, yo... I'm going to tell you right now. No. What are we doing after this? Let me tell you right now. They have these empanadas. These dessert. See, we got off track. Here we go. They have a dessert (laughs) empanada. They have one that's like apple. um, It was um, guava. They have have a guava one. They have an apple one that they put powdered sugar on. That's pretty legit. They have one that's a Nutella one with, you know, banana. Like, 
don't listen dude uh, i know that, i had empanadas in latin american countries yo. and i was like yeah but there's this place <laughs> well no Bay. and here's the thing this there's some high standards no so. this they, they this family it's a whole colombian family representing Shoot. they're holding it down and it's not even a game because even <laughs> fabian so fabian tried see <laughs> we're so favorite. this is we're off topic but I'm fabian passionate. tried to be fabian <laughs> tried to be like nah man there's no way like i've never heard of a dessert empanada i told him to go there he went there he was like yo uh what? Yeah, I, I was I was wrong. This I place told was you. Phenomenal. This started a Telling couple years you. back. Pastor Jamal and I met up. Listen. And I was like, it was an amazing <laughs> day. We got really empanadas. Good. Yeah. We got ice cream at Lighthouse. Yeah, it was We really hung good. out at the Ooh, beach. Lighthouse. That was a really it good. Was, it was an amazing day. That was a, that was a dope day. And that was from that day on. I was like, all right, Fuse is a really dope spot. And no. I, everybody I talked to, here's how you know. You know, Sheldon is a foodie. He left oh, yeah. a Yelp review on there and said, "This is this oh, is amazing." Stop. Oh. Okay, that yes. actually like. Tara, yeah. are you ready now? Yes. Yeah, I'm ready. You need For those to go listening, there. it is Fuse Eatery. They were in Long Branch, but they've relocated to the Mammoth Mall. They're supposed to be opening up another location in Seabright, uh, but I don't know if that ever happened. You know they're COVID. you know they're a banger when their line is the same length as the Chick Fil A line. That's two. Shoot. Oh yeah, you two know. whatever's over. Shoot. And Chick Fil A line always it always stays popping. And I was I was um, upset when they moved to the Mammoth saying. Mall because the vibes were totally different. But I actually think they're faster. That was their huh. one drawback. Yes. It took forever. Yes. To get an empanada, but yeah, they're a little they're faster now. They're they're yeah. They got more people but working in there too. So it's a, yeah. Shoot, but you know if you're passionate about empanadas. Yeah, sorry. So. Yes. Yeah, you know, take it back. Take it back. I'm passionate yeah. about empanadas, but I'm not so sure that my life goal is to reach people by, you know, eating empanadas. Yeah. Do, you, do you understand And what my saying? friends know that with video games. I, it was just uh, an example for me right. to help understand <laughs> what we were talking about. But I about. think that, no, no, no. And, and here's what, but here's what I'm saying, though. Here's what I'm saying. And I, and, and no disrespect to your friends. I don't know them. They're probably beasts and, you know, hold it down with, you know, with the controller. But I do believe that there is something more to us than just the passions that lay in front of us yes because the reality of life is this is that we sometimes get caught up in the idea that like my passions bring people to christ your sufferings also bring people can bring people to christ it is the trials and tribulations of your life that can help shape and fashion you and and lead you in ways that can help bring other people you know closer to the lord and so you know if it was all about passions you know what i'm saying then i think that there would be a lot of people who would feel maybe detached from Christianity, but it's the idea that they can connect with this this uh, vein of suffering that also dr- brings people to yeah. you know closer to the Lord. Seeing the fact that Jesus Himself, you know, like He's like, "Yo, I'm the Son of Man, but I have no place to lay my head." You know, like, yeah, yes, I'm the Son of Man, but at the same time, like, you know, um, at the end of the day, these people are going to choose Barabbas. They're not going to choose me. You mm-hmm. know, and 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 seeing Him go to the cross for our sins helps us to say you know what man this guy he suffered and died like and therefore like you know which we sing by the, the way is is referred to as the passion right is it is referred to as the passion yeah. and yeah. you know we sing the song you know we sing that song now you know um it's a it's an older hymn you know god god you're so good but now they've got like a revamp version that we sing and and one of the stanzas is you know and should this life bring suffering mm-hmm. the one thing i will remember is that christ gave his life for me and so even if he suffered, I then say to myself, well, if my savior suffered for this regard of, of you know, of, of reconciling man, then I, I, I too accept my suffering uh, in an effort to draw closer to the king. So mm-hmm. it's not just about pa- passions, but then, so, so that's what I would say. I would say our life is not just about, you know, passions and desires, you mm-hmm. know, uh, that, that's just my thought. I, I had just had two thoughts that, tie in with all that but it was a slightly different direction that's why i didn't want to whatever but um i i I guess what popped into my head too is like jonah Mm -hmm. like he did not have a passion at all about going to nineveh you're right no that's good that's good Good. but yet he was still anointed by god to be the one to go to nineveh Mm -hmm. and even to the point where when he didn't go that way it wasn't like God's like, all right, forget him. I'll get somebody else. No, actually, God went out of his way <laughs> to make sure that Jonah was the one who did it. Yeah. So, uh, so I think that's something to consider. That is, it, that seems like it was like actually the opposite of passion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. In fact, he was mad <laughs> that God was having him do it. Um, uh, and I was gonna say something else. I don't remember what it was. Sure. Well, I, and going off that, I think like say Moses. You know, God says, hey, you're my instrument I'm going to deliver Israel with. And he's like, I'm not really dying to go back. But he's like, well, you got to go back. So I guess 
Yeah. You're, just to your point, you're right. You know, sometimes that is how it works as well. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I guess too, we also have passions for the wrong things. Yeah. You know, and so I I would find it hard. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, sometimes I, maybe in this moment right now, I'm struggling to see how our passions for the wrong things. God is like, yes, I get to use this for my glory. Like you're passionate <laughs> about yourself, and so sometimes your own yeah. self-centeredness rises to the top, and it's hard in my mind for me to think that God is like, oh man, this is amazing. Tara's out for herself. I can't wait to use this yeah, for my yeah, glory. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I, I'm just, I'm just using you cause you're I'm no, just, it's okay. Call me out. Maybe no, maybe no, no, no. I, I, I'm no, I just, because we're having conversations. So like, uh, yeah, but I don't know how that well, fits into the gospel, uh-huh. you know, cause the gospel calls us to, to die to self. So it's almost like direct opposition yeah like i don't know how those things would reconcile my angle was more just like again what i said in the beginning was like i feel like when you're operating in god's call there's something special that you feel unlocked and you should discover certain gifts or passions inside of you so just as a personal example like i really love to preach or i love to teach those are Mm -hmm. related but different and so it is work to write a sermon and to research and all this stuff but I kind of light up inside at the idea of doing that. People mm-hmm. are like, sometimes like, how do you get up there? Like, you know what? I feel like there's a calling on my life. And so when I'm doing these things, even though they may be difficult uh, for somebody else, and I don't mean that they're easy, I guess, or effortless. It takes effort, but something inside, I- I'm passionate about doing this. I'm passionate about sharing God's word in this way. And that's more what I meant, but and and what okay, you're yes. saying makes no, no, complete no. sense and i think that's what tara meant yeah i think originally with yeah, what yeah, you yeah. were saying about christine kane oh for sure yeah. which is why i was like oh i agree with it so no yeah. but I, yeah. I so i understand what you're saying too though but i it, pastor matt and i agree because there is you know people saying people have asked me oh yeah you do this and i 100 percent know what it is i'm like it's the anointing so i yeah it's actually easy for me to give credit to the anointing because then you know, to me, that's a greater testimony. I'm like, guys, I'm actually not this whatever. Sure, it's the anointing. Like, yeah. it's 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 because this this is what God wants to do, and this is how God has chosen to use my life. It has nothing to do with me personally, like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and what and this may be my thing. Your thing could be com- something completely different. You know, God may say, "Oh, cool, I'm gonna you know use this person in this regards." Um, you know, I think in, when we did. You know, when we did um, Pastor Jeff's um, 25 year celebration thing, like that was the thing that stood out to me was, you know, like he, his anointing is this like faithfulness, this steadiness, this like consistency. You know, for me, that's a struggle. Like I am not the most steady. You can ask my wife. She could, you know, she'll vouch for, you know, I'm not the most steady. I'm not the most consistent and most faithful. I'm like, yeah, sometimes wishy-washy. And then sometimes I'm like hype about this. And then later I'm just not, yeah. you know. But, you know, for him, for Pastor Jeff, like there's this steadiness, this faithful consistency. And for him, it just comes easy. It like oozes out of him and it he comes to life mm-hmm. about those things. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, and I see that like as like, oh, yeah, this is kind of like a, an anointing of, of faithfulness and steadiness, which is necessary when you're, you know, I think when you're especially when you're pastoring a church, you know, this steadiness, this kind of like um, if you're thinking about a, 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 someone who pastors in congruence with like the idea of a farmer like that person has to be steady no matter what the season brings no matter mm-hmm. what the crop yields you as the farmer have to continue to be at this particular vein or this particular level in the very same aspect as the pastor that has to be your disposition you know and especially like in a covid you know moment like now it would seem that like that's where it just kind of it comes naturally for him you know i, I don't know i'm just using that uh, to kind of direct back to what you're saying is like the thing that kind of comes naturally that yeah. makes you light up inside. And I think that that's, yeah. that is also true is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. I have, I like have a question for you guys based on pastor Todd, were you about to say something? Okay. <laughs> uh, based on anointing. Um, do you guys think that like calling and anointing are the same thing? Do they, do they happen at the same time? Um, do you, does it happen? Does anointing happen after you're called? I've just tried, like in my own personal life, I know the moment I was called, but I think anointing was happening after that. And, but I don't know. I guess I just want to know what you all think. So when you said that, something real specific came to mind. Yes. And I think about King Saul. Yes, exactly. Saul was called to be the king. Mm-hmm. And for a while, he did have kind of anointing on him to be king until 
he kind of started taking things into his own hands. Yeah. And then that anointing with was withdrawn from him. Mm-hmm. But he was still called to be king until David was ready. So mm-hmm. I think you can be called to something and have that anointing, but it doesn't mean that once it's there, it's always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think and I think too, like you can be called I, I would almost consider like when you're when you're called to do something and you start doing it, God does give you an anointing to do those things. Mm-hmm. But again, that's not necessarily a guarantee that that will always be on you. You know what I mean? You got to make sure you're staying close to God. You got to make sure you're staying connected. You got to make sure that you're not mistaking your own abilities for the anointing, yeah. because a lot of people do that, too. And I, I, I can even think of um, we had we had. Um, a woman come speak when the trailer was still out here. So how many years ago was that? And actually, I think we had lost power or something. So we were in the trailer because it had power and some it was something weird. But uh, a woman who'd come who's now a counselor uh, for the Sons of God and working with pastors and stuff. And one of the things she talked about is how her and her husband uh, were a youth pastor for a while. And then and then he got um, hired to be a senior pastor somewhere. But he was bipolar. Mm-hmm. So when he was in his downslopes you know, <clears throat> it was really hard for them. But then when he when he was in his ups, the, the manic phases, people would talk about, oh, what a great anointing he has on him. But it wasn't really anointing. It was just in those high moments, he had a real charismatic personality that would just spill out everywhere. And sometimes we confuse bubbly, charismatic people, maybe bubbly is not the right word, like charisma, mm-hmm with anointing but then like because someone's really good at what they do oh it must be god's anointing and that's not always the case either maybe they're just good in the physical at what they do but then i've also seen where like people who are not real charismatic because i'm thinking of was it john edwards jonathan edwards who preached sinners in the hands of an angry god who mm-hmm. literally read the sermon and didn't even look up yeah and was very dry to listen to, and yet he was anointed in that time that people like fell on their face in repentance. So, uh, not to say that charisma doesn't always is you can't be anointed with those things. All I'm saying is that there's an importance that understand that there's an act of God setting people aside that's different than just personality. So, can you be called to something? Yeah, it can be called to something. Is anointing separate? I think anointing is separate. Mm-hmm. I think typically those things go hand in hand, but not all, not always. So yeah. I I want to say I want to make a distinction. Um, I think in the way that we're using the word anointing, I think we're using. I th- I think we need to be more nuanced. I was thinking of you, Pastor Jamal, when you say that word. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think the way we're using the word anointing is like in the sense calling. And we're also using it in the sense of spirit empowerment. But if we're going by what we're reading, you know, David was anointed before he was king. How many years was it? Like 16 years or something? I'm just spitballing. I remember Mm -hmm. the years, but it was a long time that he was anointed as king, like physically with anointing oil, but he didn't become king. And so in that sense, he was set apart. He was marked for a purpose using your words and Pastor Jamal's words. I'm sorry. And Pastor Jeff's words. So he was marked for a purpose maybe you could even say the same word he was called he was called to be king at this time but i guess didn't come into that role right away and then also the way we're using it like we're saying functioning in the anointing jonathan edwards or something that was a good example um maybe uh, maybe a way we could differentiate would be to say he was you know being empowered by the spirit or that pastor example like Mm -hmm. his personality and so we say the anointing the anointing but if that makes sense, I would maybe want to make that distinction. If you guys, if you agree with that, there's anointing, which kind of maybe can function similarly to calling, but then we're, and I feel like even your original question, Tara, I'm, I feel like I want to say, so, Oh, empowered by God's spirit. So are there moments where I feel like, especially empowered by God's spirit? Yes. And, and so in these, maybe especially Pentecostal circles, we say, Oh, the anoint, Oh, I was functioning in the anointing. Um, but maybe that's a way we want to say it. If th- those are my thoughts on what we're saying right now, right? I don't know how to say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just so, you know it, it it is it is confusing because the word anointing means a lot of different things to different people. Yeah. So it's, it is really hard to be talking about it and yet still have two different meanings and 
still kind of be right. You, you know what I mean? So it is yeah. like we really have to. No, that's right. The discussion is yeah, good. Clarify, yeah. yeah. It's good, and and that's what I meant in the beginning too about like uh, sometimes we say things and we know what they mean, but at the same time, whatever. So, but to your original question too, <clears throat> Tara, you were saying like, can do you feel called and anointed like or again, if I were to use the word like empowered or whatever, right? Wasn't that kind of like your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. when I think about that question, I think about Jesus in the temple when he reads from the scroll of Isaiah, uh-huh. Isaiah 61, you know, yeah. the hand of the sovereign Lord is upon me, upon me and has anointed me, mm. you know, and then he goes to give on this list, you know, to, you know, bind up the brokenhearted, you know, to, um, to bring healing, you know, to the people. And it's, to again going back to that idea of it you know being marked for a purpose I, I do believe that there is a point where um you know the anointing is it is it is in my opinion a spirit empowerment upon something that God has called you to do mm-hmm. and one of the things that I've um you know tried to teach at least you know to the youth group and to the students um is you know the anointing is great but the fruit is better like and when I say that, I mean, I mean the fruit of the spirit, like the anointing is great because it can anoint. You can have you can be marked for a purpose in a moment and then it be gone because that moment has now gone. That moment has now passed. But the fruit of the spirit, that's the stuff that sustains, stays forever. And that's the stuff that you cultivate over time. You spend time with that stuff grows because of relationship with Jesus. And like you need, I think personally, I think. As believers, we get to operate with both. Right. The choice, though, is whether or not you choose to cultivate the fruit in your life. The choice is whether or not you get to, um, you know, seek after the uh, the Lord to be anointed, to be spirit empowered uh, for a specific season, for a specific purpose. You know, um, these are just my thoughts that like right now off the cuff. But I try to tell students because, like, I think sometimes for youth ministry, kids look at people on stage and immediately idolize that kids look at people who are influencers, you know, all of these different things. And immediately they're like, I want that. Mm -hmm. They're in love with the power or in love with the position or in love with the platform. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes even in Christianity, we do the same thing. People fall in love with the anointing the power that they forget that honestly truthfully the fruit the thing that sustains the thing that takes time to cultivate the stuff that keeps you there right because you could be anointed as king and lose the kingship just like Saul did or you could be anointed as king like David and remain and be seen as a man after God's own heart Mm -hmm. like the the fruit really is the difference in my opinion in the Christian life but not I'm not downplaying the anointing as if it's nothing I think they go hand in hand but I think sometimes people fall in. I think Pastor Todd, the way he worded it was really well. Like yeah. people fall in love with the charisma mm-hmm. and they forget you actually need the stuff that sustains you and and keeps you grounded. And, you know, the fruit is probably more important. But people fall in love, I think, too much mm-hmm. with the the charisma. Well, and, and like yeah. the romance of it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like the idea yeah. of like there's this big visual person up on stage and the attention they get and and how they how they're preaching and 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 the good feelings that sometimes go with that because you see people responding and ultimately um the christian walk is a lot more work than what it is like like those big moments yeah i guess is that's what um somebody I know he talks about he calls it the glamour of ministry people fall in love with the glamour of like I could be the one on stage I could be the one this and that um, but that was great how you said it to Pastor Jamal about cultivating fruit and even the passage you talked about that yeah Jesus quotes from Isaiah he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor proclaim release to the captives uh, have recovered sight to the blind free those who are oppressed proclaim the favorable year of the Lord um, mm-hmm. Jesus didn't just say, oh, I've been anointed and then close up shop. He did all those things. He mm-hmm. operated. So he was yeah. a, anointed in that sense. But then um, now he he bears that fruit, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was hard work. People hated him <laughs> because <laughs> of the anointing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like like and, and, and his anointing ultimately brought him to death, you know. So, I mean, just I'm not saying that if you're anointed, you're going to die. But but, you know, what I mean, but the reality is that like like glamour is a good word for it mm-hmm. it we do we do we we i think maybe because we live in a in a time where like you can watch a television show and everything always turns out wonderful not all the time but or we watch 
glamorized versions of things on film all the time that sometimes we think that that's real life. Yeah. But real life is actually a lot more work and a lot in, in the Christian life is that. In fact, um, oh shoot, what was I just thinking? And I lost it now. But when scripture scripture talks about not many of you should want to be pastors and teachers oh, because yes. there's a lot of responsibility yeah. that goes with that. I think it's James. Yeah, there's a lot of responsibility that goes along with that that is not glamorous. Yeah. It is not glamorous when you got to deal with you can be called to a pastor and be anointed to be a pastor and still have to deal uh, with like having the septic pump tomorrow. Yeah. Like that's not very glamorous when you yeah. got to stand out there hosing off yep. the, the trap Fecal in the sewer. Matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But he's yeah. still called anointed to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so and and right. So I and I think just going back to I think that is the crux of what Pastor Jeff was saying yesterday yeah. was, yes. yeah. you know, the recipe for the anointing is found in these things. And ironically, those things, you could tie them back to the fruit of the spirit, dying to self. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. Love, you, got, you know, to love other people, there has to be a self, you know, an aspect of yourself where you say, OK, you know, I'm going to put this person first as opposed to seeking my own whatever. Um, we talked about, you know, full of sweetness and grace or, right, you know patience okay you know like you know like having this grace towards people or even like patience when it comes to um talking about made better for the trials with the the fragrant cane right so even patience in the midst of suffering you know like you got to go through some things and so you got to be paid like to me i i I just saw all of those things like woven together you know and i think that you know god can anoint people who maybe don't have it all together and you know like you know i don't know saul samson you know like these guys who (laughs) don't have it all completely together yet god chooses to use them i'm in fact the bible is filled with a bunch of people who don't have it all together and god chooses to use them i'm not i don't want somebody listening to this to now say to themselves oh well i am now you know unworthy or discredited because i don't have it all together you know like that's you know God is not looking for a perfect person to then put his stamp of a stamp of approval on, you know, to then, you know, take to this upper echelon of, of life or whatever. But what I'm trying to say is I think that it's important that along with the anointing that you're you're taking care of your of the fruit of your heart, of the fruit of your life as well, that those things are evident and in, 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 in present in your life. Well, and that's what I loved about kind of towards the end of pastor jeff's sermon he kind of said the first four things about you know dying to self having a sweetness made better by the trials going higher with god those are all things that i'm doing and then also the holy spirit it's a mixture of these things that i can't control god or make him do something in my life but so it's it's not like oh i'm just waiting for god i'm just waiting for god to make me more sweet i'm waiting for i'm waiting to get closer to god you're not just simply waiting for god but you're not also just sitting there making and manufacturing uh-huh. it yeah. it's the the right mix of i'm doing what i need to do on my end i'm being sweet i'm being made better by the trials of life not growing bitter um and then also god's spirit working in me and that's kind of the process but i can i throw a monkey wrench in it yeah people are manufacturing it though mm-hmm. and that's the thing right so this is why i felt like his message is important because you can manufacture these things. You could fake being nice. You yes. could fake being patient. Mm-hmm. You could fake loving people. You could fake a lot of these things. And then, you know, in the midst of that, God could still use you. And you could take that as, oh, this is approval over my life. Yeah. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I feel like people do that. People can do that. Oh, um, sorry. Guys. No, no, no. So no fin- finish. No, no. Said, so sorry. like, I, I feel like people something. can do that. People sorry. do that. And I feel like that's when it gets kind of like mixed up. They're like, oh, well, now I am. I, I I see that anointing is in my life because God showed up in this moment there. Now that gives me, you know, credence or gives me, uh, you know, license, license yes. to now say and do all of these other things. When you still got these little these other things in your life that are actually not in line with scripture. And in fact, you yeah, you're manufacturing this stuff and you're you're deceiving yourself. I mean, you know, and the scripture, you know a few different times talks about what happens when you deceive yourself into thinking that you're something that you're not, you know, yeah. um, you, you really put yourself in a dangerous position. So, uh, you know, 
so someone may be listening right now and say, well, how do I know, you know, how do I know that I'm not manufacturing it, you know, or how do I keep myself from manufacturing it? I think, you know, the the one thing that you could probably do is the one thing that you could probably do uh, is stay as close to the father and as possible, because I think if you start to believe your own hype, you start to set yourself up for like yeah. a disastrous a disastrous kind of out out fallout i guess is the word um downfall whatever you want to call it but i think that people do going back to what you were saying pastor matt i know i said a lot of things and probably they're all disconnected but what you said about like manufacturing i think that people do that i think people do that and they they lie to themselves and and they think that they're actually in the will of god when you're not like like don't come up hold on <laughs> um like like you can't approach people and tell people that you have an anointing to like prophesy over their life if your life's not really together and you're Oof. manufacturing these things. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I think that you can all you, been there, man. Like, 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 yeah, like you can't do that because like I've, and here's why you can't do that because you put yourself in a very scary place to be a spokesman for God when he didn't ask you to yes. and, and to, to speak on God's behalf when you're actually, not you're not you're not in hyping line. yourself up just, yeah, yeah. I, elevating yourself and it's just so confusing i remember being in the youth group and like certain people saying like well this is what god is telling me to tell you and, and those things never came true those things maybe they will but i don't know if they were really speaking out of you know the anointing or and and, and they may have ah, great intentions yes for well sure, intentioned for sure. people mm-hmm. but this is I, go ahead no pastor Todd. i was just gonna say my <laughs> one thought <laughs> like too about that is like I think sometimes why we get stuck in that trap is because we begin to develop identity on what we do Mm. and not identity in Christ. Yeah. So my value as a spiritual person comes if it's built, if our identity is built on what we do, then my value as a spiritual person comes from when I show my spirituality or when I do spiritual things. Yeah as opposed to my value comes from Christ alone and through Christ, I'm enabled to do some of these things, but there, there are things that I do and not who I am. And to be fair, sometimes as a church globally, that's the stuff that we elevate. Oh yeah. And then, so when we do that, we're actually, we're doing a disservice to those people who are trying who are sitting in their seat trying to figure it out they see us elevate and champion these things and so then they're like well but okay so then i need to do these things you know like in order to feel as though i am spiritual or i need to do these things in order to feel as though i'm on the right track and you know so those things get celebrated and uh, yeah which which brings us back to the idea of the difference between anointing and charisma the difference between anointing and calling and anointing doesn't like it doesn't always look the same for everybody you, you know what i mean it doesn't always mean what like the big fabulous whatever like if you're if you're called to be uh, um hospitable <laughs> you know one of the hospitality one, hospitality and you're called to Gives do that and you're doing it great you may not necessarily be ever in front of people no mm. but if you're functioning within the calling that god has given you and the way that he's anointed you and gifted you then I'll take a hundred of them over like Amen. Over like two people who can stand up in front of everybody and really be charismatic That's when it, all it is yeah. is yeah. charisma. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And there's no anointing um, there. Because it, it just, I think in the long run, y- you learn who is really going to see the kingdom come. Is it always the face or is it sometimes the people who are just obedient in the small things and don't have to always... Yeah. Be in front, you know. Yeah. Oof. What else do you have for us, Sarah? <laughs> All my thoughts about life. <laughs> give, me, give me some, because you were telling All me before we hit record. Good stuff. Some stuff, and uh, yesterday too. So yeah, what what else do you have? What are mm-hmm. other thoughts you have for us? Do you think there's other um, aspects apart from what Pastor Jeff talked about yesterday that play into the anointing? So we talked about like dying to self, grace and sweetness, and symbol of the, like the holy spirit being a part of it and and pastor matt definitely has something else to add i think no i don't just I was kidding just he was signaling you excited. to talk into the microphone <laughs> <laughs> this, is a really not hard, this is a really hard thing <laughs> eating the mic you know 
Um, I just didn't know if there's other things you thought played into. Other things that play into the anointing. I guess fruits of the spirit, Pastor. Jones. Well, no, I, I so yeah, but I feel I'm like the fruits that. of the spirit. I think Pastor life. Jeff. No, well, I was saying I think that Pastor Jeff, he when he's giving the breakdown. Yeah. I see the fruits of the spirit in those things. So okay. like, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, these things are to me, they, that they're evident. Right. Um, or to me, I guess, whatever. Um, you know, like I said, going back to the idea of like how, you know, the, the calamus is made better by, you know, um, it has to be a beaten, right. To get the flavor. And mm-hmm. so, um, I'm thinking about, oh, if I'm, if I'm going to grow, sometimes like, there's a patience, um, that has to come from that, that, brings about humility uh that brings about in my mind what i feel would be a fruit of the spirit and so i see those things kind of like that's how you flesh those things out um and if they're amiss or excuse me if they're missing you know then it makes the it if they're missing okay so i'm gonna say a few things and like that i know what i'm trying to say but it's probably not gonna make sense (laughs) but this is where I think the manufacturing comes from. So I'll look at my life, say, oh, these things are not, th- I'm missing these things. So because they're, they're missing, I'll try to manufacture them. I'll try to make them up. And so when you do that, though, you create counterfeit, right? It's mm-hmm. not real. It's, it's fake. Uh, but you can pass it off as real, and people buy into it. Very much in, in the same way that we in America buy into processed foods. You, I know how you... The, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. In, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think in your in the way that you would think, right? <laughs> like, like how as as Americans, we'll run to the uh, you know manufactured processed stuff as opposed to the organic stuff that is way better for us, and you know, it's cheaper, easier, and more available. That's cheaper, why. easier, oh, more available, sure. and right. So what's it's cheaper and easier to, for me to manufacture that I you know that I have long suffering because you know as opposed to actually going through a trial that, you know, is, is going to take some time, maybe a year long. And hurts. And hurts that Sucks. take a year long as opposed to, like, being like, oh, no, I'm humble because, oh, yes, I'm humble. Look how, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? So I guess what I'm trying to say is we in America have a consumption problem of the things that are processed and not organic. Therefore, it makes sense that we would chase after those same things, even in the spiritual sense. Mm-hmm. And what I see Pastor Jeff highlighting is like, no, you can't, you can't manufacture this. You have to go through these pro- this process. These things need to be evident in order for it to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And o- if you want authentic blessings, you need to go through this authentic kind of like process. So like, that's how I. A good analogy, yeah. that. just going off that from what you said, the Bible. I I, I, I don't know. I realized a few years ago. Or read somewhere. The Bible uses so many agricultural analogies, obviously reflective of the time period, but um, I think there's significance to that as well. And so that, yeah, things take time. Things have to grow. And for us, everything's about being fast now. And um, just to kind of go off that, yeah, I just agree. So it just made me think of that. So. Uh, I think obedience is something else that goes into anointing. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Because uh, the whole point of anointing is that you're functioning in God's power, God's blessing, God's, you know, being set apart by God. So if we're set apart, then part of what we're set apart from is is the way the world does things. <laughs> so obedience to scripture, obedience to the voice of God, you know, that's an important part of anointing. And you can see when people weren't obedient, how their ministry started to, even with David, I mean, David had a man after God's own heart, but once he started to jump the shark, so to speak, and having an an, an adulterous affair and setting the husband up for for death. Murder. Like his yeah, murder. Like his his position in the kingdom kinda changed. You know? And his effectiveness in the kingdom kinda changed from there on out. Even though he had forgiveness and was restored, like his obedience in those things kind of played out you know had had consequences you know what i mean that doesn't mean complete rejection by god but it does mean somewhere in there he lost his kingshipness Mm -hmm. it was right it it depth there is definitely a shift in his leadership when after those things and i and i mm, yeah i don't know i just feel like i just gonna reiterate 
God can still use you, you know, despite those things, but you shouldn't take it as like an approval. What that I want God is an approval of, you yeah. know, like your life because you're doing like, I, I don't know how it's to work. Do you, yeah. I, don't know. I, I wanted to say, I, I read in one of the things I read this morning in my Bible was Solomon just going off of what you just said. He says that he loved the Lord just like his father, David, except he used to offer sacrifices to the high places. And he went one day to Gibeon, which was like one of the, the I guess the top ones you go to or whatever. And he offered a thousand burnt sacrifices that night. The Lord spoke to him in a dream and said, I'll give you whatever you ask for. And so I was like, wait, yeah. did I read that wrong. So I read it in a different <laughs> translation. I'm like, what? But then I'm like, I just got to finish this section. So I read it. He asked for wisdom. God blesses him. And then Solomon wakes up and realizes it's a dream then he goes to Jerusalem, offers sacrifices to the Ark of the Covenant for him and all of his servants. And so it just struck me because I was like, it literally said like he's not doing what's right before God. I guess you could say he's not worshiping right or something. But God speaks to him anyway. And then as a result, he now changes something in his life or changes his worship or whatever, just to go off your point. So, yes, God, there isn't this I have to get ready in order for God to use me or speak to me. But that also doesn't mean it's an instant approval. Like God's like, well, I hope you can keep those thousand sacrifices up at Gibeon. It's, you're really doing me a favor. Like, mm-hmm. no. Well, you know, he made a change. Um, just as an example that I read this morning. I just thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you read through scripture and the people God used, they were broken, messed up people. Mm-hmm. Right. It wasn't anyone who had reached a certain level of perfection. It was people whose hearts were malle- malleable malleable mm-hmm. yeah and i think and i think that's the thing like it's not about perfection mm-hmm. god's anointing isn't at all about perfection because then nobody would have it but i think when you close your heart off to god i think that's when you're in big trouble but but like you can s- god uses whoever he wants to use <laughs> you know that's not necessarily a license to do whatever you want right but on the other hand, it's also not our place to dis- to to. Uh, it's not our like God uses whoever he wants. And, yeah, and I don't you think it, God uses whoever he wants. You know, we can't use it. You can't look at those situations as, as though he's in approval. If anything, it speaks more to his goodness than anything else. Mm. That he is chosen to be good to you despite you know whatever it is you brought to the table you know like so if anything if god's anointing falls upon you in a moment of life where you know for a specific reason or specific season and you don't have it all together if anything it should give you moment to pause and say wow god's goodness is on my life despite these things not an approval but just because he's good maybe i should Maybe I should, like, I don't know, fall down on my face and worship. Maybe I should, I don't know, you know, get up from my dream and go to the temple and, you know, say, you know throw, throw a sacrifice. I'm, I'm being facetious. But, um, but, you know, like, it should bring us to a place of... Um, like response. Yeah, like response into, to, to the Lord and his goodness. And, and humility. And humility. It's like, like, oh, man, Lord, I don't deserve this. Like, I, and I, I don't know everybody's process here. You know, when it comes to getting ready to preach or getting ready, you know, getting ready to do whatever. But I still get funky in my my it sounds like a little kid. I get funky in my tummy, but I get funky like in my heart and in my stomach. Like I'm always like, oh, because I'm like, like I I know I want to do a good job. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I don't deserve to be in this position. I don't deserve to do any of this stuff that I'm about to do. And yet God is like, you're going to do this. And so I get in like this, like funky, like and then i get up there and i'm like all right here's my best jesus you know like and then i and and i preach but like that is that's all that's always there for me and it it brings me to a place that that's why sometimes in worship like when we're right before we're doing worship i'm like or right before it's time to preach and we're doing worship i'm just like i'm in a whole different like space because i'm like i don't deserve to do this and even sometimes i'm being honest i'm like god i don't want to do this because i'm like like, I feel like there's somebody better. Like, you know, there's somebody better in this room, um, you know, like, that could probably kill it. Like, 
but I don't know why I'm here. But nonetheless, you are good. Here's my sacrifice of praise. But it's not a formula either. We can't be like, well, I'm just going to yeah. try to humble myself so I can make God anoint me in this moment mm-hmm. either. Yeah. Like it's like uh, like there's a lot of like opposites that we're talking mm-hmm. about here today. Like because yeah. that's how God functions. God chooses whoever he wants, which means he chooses whoever he wants. Mm-hmm. It, it, we can't say, well, if I do these things, that guarantees that God is going to yeah. yeah. put me in that position or, or anoint me to do these things. Like it really comes on dependence on God all the way around and not like, well, I can manipulate God into making me be an anointed person or I can yeah. manipulate God into doing what I'm going to about to prophesy in my own strength right here. Like, like it really is like, it really comes down to God does whatever he wants whatever and it's our job just to be patiently waiting or, or waiting available. upon him and available and, and seeking him. And then yeah. if he uses us, he uses us. If he doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean anything bad. And if he uses somebody else, maybe there is a reason why he didn't mm. use us. And it's like sensitivity by being close to God and all and this. And yeah, so when when I think of your original question, Tara, like, are there other things? I feel like most of them I would probably just try to tie into the sermon in my head. But like um, other things that are part of the anointing or whatever, we kind of hit op- uh, obedience is really good. And I wanted to say humility, and so that's what you were touching on. I was like, I think that's huge. And I think that's even talking about character over comfort and stuff, using the example of David. And I also think of Joseph, like, um, that they're – I don't want to create a theology that everything's like a preparation for something else because God totally used Joseph in the prison. God used David before he was king, but just, you know – we understand that God was preparing them as well. But like, so David, I think had the heart and the love for God as a shepherd mm-hmm. and then as a servant in Saul's court and all these things. And he was righteous before God. And then there was like that shift in his attitude of like, you know what? I am the King. And so I think that there's a humility and of course he repented, but I think that there is a humility where maybe who knows, Joseph kept that humility about himself, the humbling in the prison, the humbling as a slave now he's elevated in Egypt, but remained that way. Like, I'm not. I'm not the the prince of Egypt. I'm not this guy. I'm I'm Joseph, and <laughs> I'm just relying on God. And that was the other one I want to say too. Is like, I want to say prayer, or like, not so much just prayer, like a discipline, but like a reliance on God. Which I want to again probably just tie to the sermon. He said that about climbing higher with God, but I think Joseph, for example, I just think of him because I relate to that story a little bit. Like, I think that there was a reliance there of, like, maybe of, you know, just, God, I, I need you to continue. This isn't maybe what I thought, or this isn't what I wanted, or this isn't, God, I, you gave me dreams. I'm not really using this so much, and it turns out he was. But there's some kind of dependence on God so that when now he's in a different position, I want to say, oh, the real position. That's I, I don't, I don't want to create that theology. So, like, he was in a different position that maybe God can use in a more grand way he had the attitude of, but I'm relying on God. Like Pastor Jamal said, you know, like now Pastor Jamal preaches, Pastor Jamal again, yeah, shout out to you that you're awesome, amazing. People love hearing you preach. I love hearing you preach. But having that attitude of, man, why am I here? Maybe like that's, I think Joseph had that attitude. um, And that's what, you know, so those are things that I want to add to that list or that maybe are incorporated, Mm -hmm. you know. Maybe, like you said, not not that the little things didn't matter. You you kind of said that. Maybe it's more like, and, and you don't want to create a preparation thing, but maybe it's about being faithful in the little things. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, he who's being faithful, faithful in what comes right. up now. Yeah. And then maybe God will lead us to huge things, and maybe God will just keep, just help you to be faithful in the, in the little things, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it sounds weird, but I think intimacy is the is the component too that, mm. it, you know, that goes again going back to what Pastor. Jeff said about going higher with God because intimacy is the thing that you cannot form. There's no formula for intimacy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's intimacy is the ongoing pursuit of knowing somebody like that and understand. So like, how do I explain it? Um, like in my mind, it sounds like probably a horrible analogy, but like, um, like Phyllis, today is not who she was you know five years ago three years ago you know she's different she's changing she's always evolving like and becoming a newer version of herself like 
the depths to who God is is unfathomable, unknowable. Yeah. So like like to for us to assume that there is, uh, you know, going back to what Pastor Todd said, a formulaic idea of always triggering the anointing, you know, within <clears throat> our life, you know, I, that's that's not the right mentality. Understanding this idea that intimacy with the Father that brings about maybe the greatest that that pursuit will probably keep you closer to the anointing than anything else because the father could be doing something in this moment here and then behold i'm doing a new thing over here you know and unless you're in that vein of intimacy you'll miss it over there or you'll miss it even right in front of you you know so you know being tethered to him and his heart in that regards probably is one of the greatest things that you could do in in the midst of this if you're really trying to find quote unquote the anointing and the anointing i'm using air quotes again you know could be very much a it could be a grand thing you could you know um i don't know do something miraculous and 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 raise the dead you could also do something miraculous like pastor todd was saying behind the scenes and people will never see it and like and and if you live for the applause so to speak right like you'll you'll get all that stuff here on earth and get zero of it you know you know, in heaven, like in regards to like, like uh, there's a verse and I can't think of where it's at, but it's there's a verse that talks specifically about people who live for, you know, live for that to to be applauded and kind of like whatever here on earth. And that basically it's empty and crickets like when you get to have it because you've you've there's nothing for you to receive there. Like, mm -hmm. do you know what I'm saying? Like, like. Yeah. Well, and I think I read Jesus' words. I also read this this morning. He says, like, well, a lot of times that is your reward. Like the Pharisees, they fast or they pray to be heard by people. They want people to hear them. So he's like, they got what they wanted. Perfect. And that's that's all you get. Yep. You got the applause. Yep. And it be, it starts and ends there. Yeah. So and like you said, yeah, it does talk about being empty. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know that I think that the intimacy aspect allows for you and I think that that's what going back again, going back to what Pastor Todd said, that intimacy, I think, is the key component that allows God to not be tethered to humanity in that regards, because he knows the hearts of man. Like you don't really want. Well, let me hold on. Let me let me word this. The heart of man is not. What does it say in Romans? There's no one who seeks God, you know, like no yeah, one. No one is good. Yeah, <laughs> no, no one seeks no God. One yeah. seeks God. Yeah. Like that's not what you really want. What you want is the blessing. You really don't want to like know the heart of God. Like right. you just want to be blessed. Right. And so like that kind of exposes you in that regard. That's why I think intimacy is different because intimacy says, oh, you actually do want to know the father. And in the midst of knowing the father. I don't know. There's, there's so much more. I, there's just a depth there, I think. There's a depth there when it comes to that. So yeah, I I would you know going higher with God, um, that to me that to me is a big part. Yeah. I think it all like if we were gonna wrap it all up and kind of summarize, I think it goes back to the first quote Pastor Jeff gave when he started his sermon, and I think he said that it came from Pastor Fogel, but I've heard a lot of people use it, so I'm not sure that's trademarked by <laughs> Pastor Fogel. <laughs> you should trademark. <laughs> God's concern is about our character, not always about our comfort or yeah. not always about our our elevation of self. But it really comes down to God's worried about transforming our hearts. If we want God's anointing, if we want if we want to be called by God, whatever that calling may be, then I think it starts out with what well, our hearts right before God. You know, does that mean we have to be perfect? No. God's a work in progress. But if if we're seeking after the anointing of God more than we're yeah. seeking after the connection with God or the intimacy with God, if then then our character suffers, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what God is more interested in. Because he can use whoever he wants, but if we're a heart is right with God, then we're primed and we're ready to hear his voice when he speaks and and to be used by him. And it's like, I just think about it as like the less roadblocks there are to God using me, the more God can use me, you know? That's so, good. and yeah, it's, it's a daily decision. Pastor Jeff said that he quoted Paul first Corinthians, I believe 15. I die daily. Right. And so, mm -hmm. oh yeah, 
how do I make sure my heart is right, blah, blah, or am I ready to be anointed and used by God? Uh, yeah, but you got to make sure today that you are, and you got to double check tomorrow. And it's just, that's part of our walk with God is, hey, where's my heart today, Lord? And am I seeking you? Think of Pastor Jeff's sermon from last week. Do you love me? Uh, is that where I'm at today? Is that is that intimacy, that dependence on God today? And that's okay. Then there's nothing, what, what I want to say, if you're listening, you're like, ah, oh, dang, like, maybe I haven't been there. That's okay. That's the Christian walk. So get it right today. Get it right tomorrow. You know, like if if you realize, man, it's been it's been a little bit. I haven't been thinking like that. That's okay, because now you can you can work on today, right? You know, we can only work on it in the moment. Yeah, you can't be like, oh, in two weeks I'll get it right, because yeah. if we're constantly looking in the past or looking in the future, those aren't happening right now. Right now, choose to to be right, which is what you're saying. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, really, uh, really great discussion today. And Tara loved your questions too. I know you probably had a lot more. So no, it was great. It was maybe time. maybe next time. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, it was great. Um, thanks everybody for joining us, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. You look. I know. I kind of felt bad. She's kind of out there by herself. I don't know. I usually like when you guys would say something. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I, 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 didn't I didn't know. I feel I like, like, like we were like, in I, 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 I was like, like okay. <laughs>